0: Now, this morning, uh, the subject that I have uh, picked out is from the book of Second Timothy. If you would turn there in your Bibles, please. Second Timothy chapter 4. And actually, I am somewhat picking up on the adult Sunday school lesson this morning because the title I have today is titled, Your legacy. Your legacy. Now, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, something happened and you may not have known that it happened, but one thing that happened the moment you were saved is you began defining your legacy. We think When we think of legacy, we think of something that is over, something that we think about when we get old, but legacy begins the moment you trust Christ as your Savior. And legacy refers to how you are remembered when your life is past. The Apostle Paul talked about legacy quite a bit, in fact, if you study the uh, writings of the Apostle Paul. In Second Timothy, uh, chapter four, verse seven, he said this: "I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith." There was his legacy. Number one, he fought a good fight. Understand, the world is a battleground, and uh, if you don't understand the world is a battleground, you are Going to be vulnerable. The Bible says we battle not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual wickedness in high places. Satan is the prince of this world, and every day we wake up, we have a battle to fight. And Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Number two, he said, I have finished the course. In Sunday school this morning, we talked about racing. Well, I really believe that the Apostle Paul was somewhat athletically inclined because he used a lot of athletic metaphors. But the Apostle Paul said, I have finished the course. In other words, I began the race. Flint is known for the crim. Anybody ever come to Flint to run in the crim races? Raise your hand. Nobody. We have quite a few people in our church that they run... uh where is it? 10 miles or so through the streets of Flint. So we're used to, in our town, people that race. Paul said, I have run a, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. That means I ran the race. I had a, God had a plan for my life and God had a purpose for my life and I followed through. And the moment you are saved, you begin to develop and understand God's purpose for your life. What God wants you to do the rest of your life. We have grandchildren that are graduating from college now. And it's interesting for them to talk about what they want to do the rest of their life. And it's a very interesting conversation. But Paul said, I fought a good fight, finished the course, and I have kept the faith. And that simply means I obeyed the rules. And Paul says, if you don't obey the rules, you become disqualified. Disqualified. Now, for you and I as believers, when we keep the faith, that means we stayed focused on the Lord. We didn't allow ourselves to become distracted. So how would you like to be remembered? If you could write out your legacy, what would it say? Since 1939, Franklin... Roosevelt built the first what we call presidential libraries. Ever since then, 15 presidential libraries have been built around our country. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt's presidential library cost $400,000. President Bush's presidential library cost $500 million. President Obama's, when it is completed, will cost $1 billion. Can you just imagine the presidential library that President Trump will have? That'll be interesting. I I guess I hope I live to see it built. It'll be very, very interesting. But the Apostle Paul talked about good and bad legacy. He talked about some men that had a bad legacy, Demas and Alexander. Now imagine, for 2,000 years, Christians have been talking about the legacy that was left by these two men. They were ornery. They were contrary. They were troublemakers. And for years, their legacy has been remembered. But Paul also talked about those that had a good legacy. He talked about and Luke, and Demas, and, and Onesimus, and Marcus, and Justus and so on, so many others. But he also talked about those in Hebrews 11 that had a legacy of faith. And in Hebrews 11, we're reminded of what is traditionally called Faith's Hall of Fame. And he talked about Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Samson, Samuel, Gideon, Moses, Joseph, David, and so forth. And he listed those that had a legacy of faith. And so I ask this question today. What would you like your legacy to be? How would you like to be remembered by those who follow you? Every day... Every moment of every day, you are writing your legacy. And from the moment you were saved, you were building a resume that will one day, a generation will look back and will be reminded that you lived and you left a mark. And they will be reminded about something in your life that is important. So when we think of legacy, we realize this, that we are all imperfect people, and in Hebrews 11, there are quite a few men and women mentioned that had a legacy of faith. They were all imperfect people, but they left a legacy. It is something we leave behind by those gone before, something of value that is to be remembered. Now, with this in mind, I would like you to turn to the main passage that we will be looking at today. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy is, uh, the word means second law. In other words, the law repeated, and it comes from the word deuteros. It is, uh, the law restated... But Moses added a warning and an admonishment. And so Deuteronomy is a book of admonishment. And I would like us to look at verse 19 and 20 of Deuteronomy 30. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would simply honor your word today. We pray that we would be able to see Christ through your word, and that that we would ask some very serious questions that impact how we live each remaining day of our lives. So we pray your blessing as we open up the word now in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you could write your legacy, what would it say? said? How would you like to be remembered? It's a provocative question. It's a hard question. But knowing what you know about your family, knowing what you know about your life, knowing what you know about Christianity, how would you like to be remembered? I believe Moses, in Deuteronomy 30, answered that question at least for himself. And so today, may I personalize this just a little bit? And I would like to use these verses that we just read as a guide. Number one, number one, I would like to be remembered as a man that made right choices When it mattered the most. We all make poor choices. And we, I'm sure, make some good choices. But at times it matters, and at times it doesn't matter so much. I've always said to my congregations, choose your battles wisely. I've always told this to parents. Choose your battles wisely, because we will all our life make choices. But I guess I would like to be remembered as one who made the right choices when it was most important. Some decisions aren't important. I understand after the service we'll be going maybe to a restaurant to have lunch And one of the things that causes a meltdown for me is when I go to a restaurant and they put a book in front of me, I mean ten page menu, big pages. And I look at all the ten pages full of food. And I want to tell you what I see, I just I I I just I just have a meltdown. and how am I supposed to pick out something to eat from all of these choices? So I have a solution. And I have had for decades. I always get the same thing at a restaurant. I always get the same thing. Restaurant that we frequent in, in Davis in Michigan. It's called Apollo, and we like to go there. Good restaurant. I go there, and the waitress comes, and she says, what would you like? And I said the same thing I got last week, the same thing I got the week before. The same thing I got 30 years ago. Well, she said, I just started here a couple days ago and now how am I supposed to know? And I said, I'm just kidding with you. <laughs> but it has not changed. They only have one thing on the menu that's smothered chopped steak. Period. That's it. And if I go to a restaurant and they don't have chopped steak, I get the next best thing, a cheeseburger with french fries. Period. I never have to look at the menu because I always know what I'm going to get because I look at a menu and You know something in the end that really doesn't matter what you order? It really doesn't matter what choice you make. But there are choices in life that really do matter. And I guess I would like to be remembered. Amidst all of the mistakes, amidst all of the uh, things that I have uh, 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 done in my life, I would like to be remembered at least of one who made the right choices when it mattered the most. Choices do matter. I, this, this last week as I was putting this together, I, I put together a list of seven of the most important choices that we as Christians should make. Seven of the most important choices. And so I, I, I wrote them all out and prayed about it some. And I don't know, I, I think I'm supposed to be back to the third in two weeks. Is that right? Is that, is that right? Okay. Maybe I'll preach it then. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how things go. But, but I would like to be remembered as one who made right choices when it mattered most. Number two. And well, I, I would like to look at the text in verse 19. Therefore, Moses said, choose life. Both thou and thy seed may live choose life. Number two. I would like to be reminded as one who was more in love with the Lord than the world. Look at verse 20 as well. And that thou mayest obey his voice. So my, uh, uh, the second thing I would desire in my legacy is that I was more in love with the Lord then the world. Moses says that you may love the Lord your God. You know the the moment you trust Christ as Savior, you have you have inqu- acquired a, a, an adversary. We know him as Satan. He's a prince of this world and 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 he was always going like this. Come, follow me. I've got something for you. I've got someone for you to meet. I've got something for you to do. I've got something that you think you really need. And Satan is always trying to entice us. But at the same token, the moment you got saved, God had another plan. And that is to slowly pry you away from this world, because this world is not our home. The moment you were saved, God had a purpose for you, and that is to pry you away from loving this world. Satan's goal is for you to fall in love with this world. God's desire is for you to fall out of love with this world and in love with him. And so I would like to be remembered as one who was more in love with the Lord than in the world. And oh how easy it is to get distracted. Oh, no, how important it is to make this a matter of daily prayer. But God is there trying to pry us away from this world. I had a project this summer. We have a 20 by 12 deck out the back of our house, and the boards on top of it are 40 years old. And they started to look it. And I told Nancy, these boards, I'm going to replace these boards, uh, this summer. And so I get all my tools together and, you know, and all my hammers and pry bars and everything else and I go out back and I start to pry these boards and I found out that boards that have been in a certain place for 40 years don't come off very easy. And so I would go out and hammer and, and do everything I could to get these boards off. And I, would, I came in the house and I said, guess what Nancy? She said, what's the, I got a board off. And I was so thrilled. Well, what did I do the next day? Well, you're saying, you mean you only took one board off? That's right. I took one board off. And the very next day I go out and I say, I'm going to go outside. What are you going to do? I'm going to take another board off. And so I go outside and take another uh, 12-foot board off. And I pried and pried and pried and hammered and everything else. And I finally got it off. And I came in jubilant. I got another board off. Well, it took me about three months to get that deck finished. By the time I get those boards off and got the new ones on and get up, got it painted, it was a whole summer project. And folks, that's what happens when you start to get old. You know, you, my, the, the knees, knees don't work and it's just it's very difficult. But I thought as I was doing that, I said, you know, this is exactly what God tries to do with us. He takes these boards that have been in place for 40 years and just slowly, methodically, pries them loose. So that we will not be in love with this world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, the Bible says. And so I guess if I were to be remembered, I would like to be remembered as one who was more in love with the Lord than in love with the Lord. And to help that happen, God uses the many circumstances of life to pry us slowly away from our love. And our enticement to this world. Sometimes we wonder, why is God allowing this? Why is this happening? And we have these emotions, don't we? And we wonder, what, what is going on in my life? Is everything falling apart? And it could be many things, but it might just be God is trying to slowly pry you and detach you from this world. So, my second desire that, to my legacy is that I, I was more in love with the Lord than the world. The third thing that I guess I would like to be remembered in my legacy is that I paid attention when God speaks to me. That I paid attention when God speaks me, look at our text again, that we might obey his voice in verse 20. God speaks to us. Primarily, he speaks to us through his word. And yet, I guess I would like to, you know, a lot of times we go through the word of God so quickly and we we miss things that are so important, but I would like to be remembered as one who paid attention when God spoke to me, there are many, many voices in this world. Many, many voices. All you got to do is turn on your television. Everywhere you go, there are voices, and everybody wants to be heard. Whoever it is, wherever, people love to be heard. And people love to have somebody who will listen. And they are always competing with what God is speaking. And God wants to speak to us. God wants to communicate something to us, but there are so many voices that we are listening to that, that we, we don't get it, that we simply miss it. Maybe that's the reason why God told us when you pray and when you... Maybe that's why you know, the patriarchs went out into the wilderness when they prayed, and maybe that's why Jesus said, go into a closet where things are quiet, where you can't be distracted. But I would like to be remembered as one who paid attention when God spoke to me. Number four, I guess I would like to be remembered as one who was faithful to the Lord and stayed close to him. Again, look at at our text, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. Now, the word cleave is often, well, it's used in the Bible with regard to marriage. That the husband and wife, you know, they are, to be, they are to cleave unto each other. Now, that a cleave is a stronger word than, you know, in a typical church you see people, they haven't seen each other all week, and so they'll go up and, 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 and hug and embrace and, 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 and uh, say, I'm glad to be here with my friends that I love. But cleaving is something else. When you cleave, you grab onto and you don't let go. Now when you give a, a hug, you, you simply, maybe a hug and you separate and that's, that's a, a, a totally different thing. Cleaving, you embrace, but you stay embraced. You don't let go. And I guess I would like to be remembered as one who was faithful to the Lord and stayed close to him, to cling to him. And that's, you know, we know this, that when you trust Jesus Christ, he has hold of you, and you know that he isn't going to let go. Uh, uh, the clinging is on our part, because when the moment you trust Christ, he embraces you, and he holds you. During the, uh, deep in the shallow waters he holds on you and we know that we will never lose our salvation and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God and Paul said there is no, no tribulation no problem no experience in life that will separate you from the love and the presence of God so he has hold of us and he will not let go and so the cleaving we're talking about here is on our part. That we cleave unto him as much as he cleaves unto us. And so, I guess I would like to be remembered as one who stayed close to him. That clinged to him. That cleaved to him. And that it wasn't That I would take time off, you know, from Christianity. Do you ever feel that way? I I think most Christians have felt that, man, I'm just overwhelmed. I need a time off from church. Sometimes people feel that way. I mean, I need a time out from Christian people. I need a time out from church. I need a time out from God. (laughs) That's a dangerous place, isn't it? God never takes a time out for us. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about being faithful to God. My wife has a she has a, a favorite saying uh, because people once in a while say, "Well, at least I was faithful," and she always retorts, "I'm not faithful, but my Lord is." And I kind of I kind of like that because during my life I've met a lot of people that talked about how faithful they were and consistent they were and steadfast they were. I don't see myself as faithful. I do my best to be faithful, but my Lord is forever faithful. So, in my legacy, I guess I would like to be reminded of, uh, remembered as one who was faithful to the Lord and stayed close to Him. Number five. I guess I would like to be remembered as one who pleased God more than I disappointed him. Now look at our text once again, toward the last of verse 20. He is thy life. In other words, he represents the sum total of my life. And I wish to be remembered as one who pleased the Lord more than I disappointed him. Why? Because he is my life. And my life in Christ, my spiritual journey, began the the day that I trusted Christ as Savior. That's when your spiritual journey began. That's when your life began. And the life that you lived after salvation is totally different than the life that you lived before salvation. And so I guess I would like to be remembered as one who demonstrated that there was a difference in the life that I once lived and the life that I now live. That I would like to be remembered as one who pleased the Lord more than I disappointed the Lord. Now understand that we will all disappoint the Lord. We will all fail. And I would like to think that when you think of eternity, that you would, as opposed to thinking about all the people that you'll see, and all your family that you'll get to see, I'll get to see my mother, my father, uh, my son or my daughter, or so forth, I would hope, I would hope that you see our passing into eternity as a time when we will never again disappoint our Lord. That we will never, ever fail Him again that we will never ever embarrass the cross again. That we would recognize, be, be recognized, and we will all be recognized as people that are frail. And we all have feet of clay. And we, we all falter. We all have issues that we struggle with and we deal with. But when it's all said and done, I would like to be remembered as one who pleased God More than I disappointed him. Why? Because he is my life. Two more to go. In the same verse, verse 20. We are reminded that God is the length of thy days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. I guess I would like to be remembered as one who finished well. We will None of us will finish perfect. In the church that... I was an Emmanuel Baptist for about 25 years in, in Flint. And, and every Tuesday we would have our staff meeting and one of our pastors always prayed this prayer when he closed. After we had prayed together, he would pray, Lord, I, I pray that we as his staff will finish well. And after you hear that week after week after week for 20-some years, 25 years we worked together, 25 years we were together there. He's my assistant. I heard that for 25 years. It became a part of my life. It became a part of my prayer, my ambition. Lord, I would pray that I would finish well. That I would come to the end of my days and not be an embarrassment. You know what's discouraging today is to see so many people of years coming to the end of their years and and really embarrassing themselves and their family And they're friends. And this happens to Christians. And somehow they can spend their entire life faithful and serving the Lord and doing things and working. And they come to the end of their days and they do something absolutely outrageous and stupid. No fool... uh, Worse than an old fool. But I, would less, I guess I would like to be remembered as one that finished well, that I didn't embarrass the Lord, that I didn't embarrass my family during my final years. And then one more, number seven. I guess I would like to be remembered as one who left a godly heritage. When you come to the end of our text, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. I would like to be remembered as one who left a godly heritage. Now, you understand that Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they were not by any means perfect men. They were very imperfect men. And imagine their legacy. Can you imagine the people in the Bible? Their legacy was printed for 2,000 years in the Bible. Now, For the patriarchs, they were imperfect men and their imperfections were recorded in Scripture for the whole world to know about. But yet, they are celebrated in Scripture. They are in Faith's Hall of Fame. They are listed here in Deuteronomy 30 for one reason. Because they left a heritage of faith, they left a heritage of faith. I remember what John the Apostle said in Third John, chapter one, verse four. In Third John chapter, don't have to turn there chapter 1 verse 4 he said I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth and I guess there probably in my life there would be no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth have seven grandchildren they all know the Lord Some of them have ambitions of going into ministry. But all seven of them, I remember the day when they were born. And when they were born, I gave them all to Jesus Christ. I said, now, dear God, these aren't my grandkids. They're yours. And I would hold them in my arms, and I would say, dear God, I'm giving this baby to you. I did the same to my own children, three of them. And I guess I have to say that there will be no greater joy than to see my children. They're all teenagers now. They're graduating from high school and college and so forth. But they know the Lord. They love the Lord. And somewhere, somewhere, right today, they're in a Bible-believing sister church like this one here. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob left a heritage of faith. That means the people that followed them walked in the Lord and walked with the Lord. Seven things that I guess I would like to be a part of my heritage. I would like to be reminded as a man who made the right choices when it mattered most. Number two, that I was more in love with the Lord than the world. Number three, I would like to be remembered as one who paid attention when God spoke to me. Number four, I'd like to be remembered as one who was faithful to the Lord and stayed close to him and cleaved to him. Number five, I'd like to be remembered as one who pleased God more than I disappointed God. Number six, I guess I would like to be remembered as a man who in spite of my frailties, finished well. And then finally, I guess I would like to be able to leave a godly heritage. That's my prayer. And I would like maybe for you to, sometime today, maybe get out a pencil and paper and write down what goals, what How you would like to be remembered in a spiritual sense. Legacy begins the moment you are saved. The moment your spiritual journey begins, that is the day that your legacy begins. And every day you are writing your resume. I used to, I used to have an assistant pastor. And when we we would have these young youth guys come and work on our staff, he would always remind them. He'd say, guys, remember this. Every day you come to work, you're writing your own resume. (laughs) And you're writing your own reference sheet. And the moment I got saved, I began building my legacy. Don't wait until you're up in years. Don't wait until your life is over. You can start right today. You can start this very moment. The Apostle Paul said it this way He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. And I have kept the faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have reminded us in your word of where truth is and where it can be found. I pray that we would take seriously what we have said. I pray that we would realize that one day this life will be over, but our lives can live even when we are gone through our legacy. So I pray your blessing upon each one here. Some here, Father, may have a late start. I pray that they not be overwhelmed with guilt or despair, but that they would realize that tomorrow is a brand new day and a brand new opportunity. Some have failed in their legacy. They can start again. You are the God of new beginnings. And I pray that you would enable them to start afresh, to start anew. So for these dear people, we pray your blessing. Those that are discouraged, those that are disheartened. Maybe there are some here, Father, who have never trusted Christ as Savior. They haven't begun yet their spiritual journey. Father, it would be my desire that they would, before they leave here today, that they would seek the help that they need to make that important decision. For those who got a late start, encourage them. Motivate them, and I pray that they would experience in the years to come your blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.